Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. If you if you if you got your Bibles, I would like you to turn to uh, the book of uh, Romans, chapter three, verses one. I just want to give you a small glimpse of the words that Apostle Paul spoke to the church of. Here it says that there is there is this there is a question mark over here that I want to see. It says, "What advantage then has the Jew?" Or what is the profit of profit of circumcision? Much in every way. Chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. Now Apostle Paul is starting with the question. That what advantage is there for the Jews? Now what he means to say that how Jews are superior to us. To the new covenantal church. What advantage, what the special advantage, what the special grace that Jews got? Are they superior to us? Are, were they more wholehearted to us? May they more holy to us? And the answer is yes. Paul says yes. Definitely. He says in verse number two, much in every way, much in every way, the Jews are superior to us. In faith, in walk with God, in holiness, in righteousness, in the fear of the Lord, they are more superior to us. Paul was talking about the early church 2,000 years ago to those Christians those Christians who were in fire, those Christians which, which Apostle Paul himself helped, has planted those churches and discipled them. He's asking a question, are those Jews, the Old Testament Jews, are superior to us? And Apostle Paul says, yes, they are more superior to us in every way. Do you know why? Not because they were born as a Jews. Not because they were born in Israel. Not because they, their father was Father Abraham. No. Apostle Paul says, because of the oracle of God they had. They had the oracles of God. They had the voice of God. They could hear God directly. They could hear God. You know, God used to speak to them. And they could audible, in an audible voice, they could hear God. They had uh, oracles, they had a written text. We are reading the printed Bible today in different versions, but they had a written text written by, by Moses. Ten Commandments. Directly the spoken words of God they had. That's why they were superior to us. Do you know why? Because they heard God directly. They heard God. They were hearing God. God's voice. God's plan. God's purpose for their life. That made them 
to be closer to God. That made them to have a closer intimacy with God. That made them to have a holy life, a righteous life. Of course, we see the blunders in the Old Testament. But if you see the lives of prophets and, the, and, and, and some of the people that we read in the Old Testament and, 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 the, and the Jewish people, still today the Jews, you know, they, they are afraid to take, if you go in Israel, if you go in Egypt, still today the Jews, they are afraid to take the name Yahweh from their mouth. They consider themselves as they are not that holy that they could take the word Yahweh, Yehovah. We speak, we talk Yehovah like, you know, like nothing. We, we don't have any hesitation. But even today, if you go in Israel, if you go in the Jewish community, they, they, they still, they are afraid to take the name Yahweh, Yehovah. Because he's so divine, he's so holy. They consider themselves that like, you know, we are not, we don't deserve. We still, we are not that holy to take his name from our mouth, from our lips. Amen. Because they were listening to God directly. They heard the voice of God directly. You know, God showed me that these two major things are missing from the churches today. Globally, all over the world. There's two missing things, two major things which are missing. One is listening the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. And second is seeking the face of Jesus. Seeking Him, seeing Him. You know, today, if, we, if someone comes and says that I heard from God, it looks like, you know, it is so, it is, it is, it is, it is impossible thing. It is so, like, you know, some people in the church, they think only God could speak to a certain people. God can't speak to us because we are not worthy. We don't deserve. Our life is, our life is full of commitments and this and that. We are entangled and we are involved in so many things. God, how come God could speak to us? No. You know, in the Old Testament, God is to only speak to the prophets. God is to only speak to Moses, not even to Aaron. But do you know, we in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we are not the one man church or a one man. We are called the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not the individual, it's not only one man that God will speak, only one, one, one leader or a pastor or a prophet. Today, in the body of Christ, God wants to speak to each and every individual. Every individual can hear the word. Every indi individual, every brother and sister, it doesn't matter from where he is coming from, but God can speak to us. If we have a listening ear, God can speak to us. If we have that desire, that zeal in our heart that I want to seek God, I want to see Jesus, He will reveal Himself to you. Hallelujah. Amen. He will reveal Himself. You know, the first two disciples of Jesus, in John chapter 1 verse 37, the two disciples were just following Jesus after His public ministry. And Jesus was on the way to his house, to his home. These two disciples were, you know, quietly they were following him. And Jesus turned back and asked them, what do you seek? 
Do you know what they said? We want to see. We want to see where you stay. Jesus said, come. Come and see. And they have spent time with Jesus that whole day and that whole night they have spent time with Jesus. They sought him. They saw the way how he lived. They saw the way how he spoke. His communication. His, 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 his way of life. They saw him. And do you know next morning when they left that house of Jesus, they ran to Peter. Andrew was the first disciple who ran to Peter. And do you know the statement what he said? To Peter he said that we have found Messiah. We have found Messiah. He didn't say that we have, we have heard the, the wonderful message. We have heard the good sermon. We heard such an outstanding sermon. No, he said that we have found Messiah. Because they have seen Jesus. They have spent time with Jesus. They have spent time with him. The whole night they have spent with him. They were so close and they were so intimate with him that they could go out and they could say that we have found Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to bring back this foundation in the churches. Listening to God. Hearing the voice of God and seeking him. Waiting upon him and, and, and seeking his face. We have to pray that this thing should come back into the churches so that churches could go out and reveal themselves as the children of God, the disciples of Jesus, so that we could go and touch the community, touch the nations that we have found Messiah. We have Messiah with us. Do you know the, the meaning of Messiah? The meaning of Messiah means the anointed one. Hallelujah. The anointed one. Now I'm going to give you one example from the New Testament. I like the story of this man. You know. That. From the book of Acts chapter 9. Where you all know about this story. I like this man. Do you know why I like this man? Because he was a man who was killing Christians, who was persecuting Christians. He was putting Christians in the jail. He was anti-Christian. Persecuting the churches, burning the churches. You know why I like this story? And when I, why I choose this story? Because when I read this story, you know, there is so much hope with us. If God can change Saul and make him Paul, how much more God can change you and me. Hallelujah. How much more God can ch change all the persecutors in your country, in my country. How much more God can change all those who are killing Christians, who are anti-Christians, who are persecuting Christians, putting Christians behind the bars, behind the prison. Do you know that? Hallelujah. Apostle Paul I'm coming from India. I know what is to hate Christians. 
what he is to persecute Christians, as Tom said. I am coming from the place where they killed the pastors and they put him, put them in the jail for no reason. They burned the churches. One of the states called Manipur today, it's burning from last 65 days. I don't know whether you get the news or not. From last 65 days, it is burning. The Christians' houses are burning. Some of the Christians, they are in the jungle, they are in the forest, hiding themselves to save their lives. We can't contact them because the internet has been blocked. There is no means, there is no way that we could contact them. Even to, if we want to help them, we want to support them, we can't send any resources. They are in the forest. You know, if God can change Saul and make him Paul, how much more hope we have in this morning that God can change people in India, in Australia, the persecuting, the, persecu the people who are persecuting, people who are anti, people who hate Christianity. Amen? But how it happens? You know, it's, it's not just like, you know, Apostle Paul saw Jesus on the road of Damascus and all of a sudden his life was being changed. No. There is a process. You know, there is the, God's ways are different. Why, why it brings hopes in me? After reading the story of Apostle Paul. Because God has a different way to deal with people. Amen. His ways are different. His thoughts are different. We have to rely on His ways, not in our ways. Hallelujah. So if you, if you, if you go back, if you dig deep into that, into that passage from Acts chapter 9, you'll see verse number 1. I'll read from verse number 1 to 6. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them born to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Amen? See, in this passage, where we have seen that Apostle Paul went to the high priest and he bought all this arrest warrant because he was so much hating the Christians. He wanted the Christians who were following the faith, wanted to put them in the jail. And he wanted to bring that kind of a fear and, and a havoc in that, in that city so that no one would follow Jesus. He was coming all the way with this 
warrant arrest letter and all of all what, what he what what he saw on the way of Damascus, he encountered Jesus. He saw Jesus. Amen. He encountered. Remember, I said that you know, listening and seeing, but Apostle Paul saw Jesus. He had a real encounter in which today's day, in today's time, the encounter of the Lord is just, it's a foreign thing for most of the Christians. The encounter with the Lord. Apostle Paul had an encounter. You know, after the encounter, what he said, he came up with these two questions. The real encounter with God will always produce these two questions. And Apostle Paul had these two questions. What are those questions? That Lord, who are you? Who are you? Apostle Paul didn't know who was Jesus. He knew who he was. He knew he was a rabbi. He knew he was a good teacher. He knew he healed so many in, 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 in Jerusalem. He knew, about the, the, he knew about the faith that people were following. He knew that people were willing to die for him. He knew that Jesus was being persecuted. Jesus was being crucified. And he also heard the news about his resurrection that how the Jewish, how the, uh, the people in Jerusalem, they believed that he rose again. He knew about Jesus, but still he was asking the Lord, who are you? Amen. Hallelujah. We know about Jesus. We heard about Jesus. We read about Jesus in the Bible. Hallelujah. We, 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 we heard about Jesus so many times. But do you know? Bible says, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Jesus. Hearing and hearing. It's not listening. It's hearing. You know, there is world difference between listening and hearing. We may listen to a nice sermon. We are listening so many messages and so many sermons today. You know, we are living in the world where, where the information, where we have our oceans of information. You go to any social media platform, we have YouTube, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have so many other platforms, means where we are listening. We, we listen to so many sermons, so many information. But Bible doesn't say faith comes by listening. Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing. The voice of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hearing the parents, the mother wants his child to hear him, not to listen. Hearing takes obedience. Hearing means you are obeying. Hallelujah. Now, <coughs> Apostle Paul, he heard the voice and he saw Jesus. And he came up with these two questions. Who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. Amen? Then the second question he asked, that what do you want me to do? 
Hallelujah. You know, if you, if you really have encountered the Lord, the Lord will always show you the purpose of your calling. Why he have called you. Amen. Hallelujah. When he said that, Lord, what you want me to do? Now, God didn't give him the straight answer that what was his plan and what was what he had to do and what he has to, what he has to carry. No. What, 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 what Jesus said. What Jesus said. Verse number six. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into a city, a place. Arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Amen. Arise and go into a place. See, always, you know, there's three things I would like you to take away from here today. The right place, the right person, and the right plan. Amen? Are you there with me this morning? Hallelujah? The right place, the right person, and the right plan. You know, God didn't give him the straight answer. God didn't give him the strategy. God didn't give him all the methods that how he is going to be the great apostle. There is a process. There is a way that God deals with the things. We need to understand this. God's ways are different than our ways. Hallelujah. And you know, in our flesh, we can build a huge corporate business or a huge company or a huge factory, because, because, but we cannot build a church. You, can, you could be a CEO of a company. You could be a director of a company on your flesh with the human methods or a human mind, but you cannot build a church. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Hallelujah. The human, here, the human resources, the human uh, methodology, or the human intellect is not working over here. First, God has sent, God has to send him to the right place. And God wants him to meet to a right person. And that through that right person, God is going to reveal his plan to Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. First, you be at the right place. God has sent him to the city. God has to send him to the right place first. We as a Christians, we may have a desire for the ministry. We may have a desire to serve the Lord. We may have dreams and visions. We may, we also may, maybe we are, we are thinking that God, I want to be used and I want to go in the nations serving you. Taking your gospel to the nations, touching people. And reaching out to those lost. But do you know, beloved, 
first thing what we need to know that we have to be in a right place hallelujah we have to be in a right place there is always a place that god wants to send you god wants to root you and reach you and god wants you to be there i thank god for sending me to the right church and helping me to meet to the right person who could mentor me who could disciple me hallelujah it is so important today that you know we keep on jumping we keep on changing the churches we we keep on moving from one place to another place because we lack understanding because we lack we don't know the purpose of god we we haven't reached up to the place where we could see that what is god's plan and what is god's purpose what is the purpose of god for my calling i cannot waste my time by jumping here and there i have to be serious with my calling every person who has been who has been saved has been called by god for a unique ministry everyone has a unique gift every gift are different everyone is different and god doesn't want us to just sit and waste that giftings that god has deposited in us if there is something that god has kept in each and every one of you you could be a blessing to someone but you know if you don't stir up that gift apostle paul said to timothy stir up that gift you have to bring that gift you know stir up use that gift if you're not using that gift do you know what we are doing we are like that we are like that person who is whom jesus has given the the the, the minas what do you say the minas the coins you know to one he has given five minas and to uh, the, the the second he has given two minas and to the third person he has given one mina one mina is a dollar is a coin and what he did that person who has got one mina what he did he hid in the ground thinking that when the master comes back i can return it to him you know when we don't use those gifts that god has deposited in us what we are doing we are hiding that mina that 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 coin that god has given us you know don't ever think that god will be pleased when we go back and when we say that lord this is what you have given i'm giving it back to you our god is a god of multiplication hallelujah god wants you to multiply god wants you to expand god wants you to grow god wants you to use that mina that 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 coin that god has given you god wants you to be a blessing to the nations there are so many who are lost there are so many who need you who need to see jesus who need to know about jesus out of this four walls you step out of this of this wall of this arena you will find the world which is lost who don't have any kind any sort of hope in their life hallelujah it's like you know lord what you want me to do who are you that 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 that's the closest intimacy that we could have a relationship that we could have with god we can ask this question every day i want to see you more 
I want to seek you more, one more glimpse. You know, heaven is full of rejoicing today. Do you know why? Every second they get the glimpse of God on the throne. They could see God every glimpse, every second. They could see God in a very different way. They could see, they could see His glory. They could see His beauty. The splendid beauty that they could, they could see. That's why they say, holy. Every now and then they say, holy, holy, holy. Do you know why? Because God reveals to them. God reveals himself to them. You know, when God reveals to us, when we see the glimpse of God, we won't have any other questions to ask. We would only say, holy. You are holy, Lord. Hallelujah. We may have so many questions today to ask God. You know, the person who have not encountered with God before our encounter with God, we have so many questions. And I know, I, I believe that most of our questions will not be answered. Our questions, you know, would be only answered in the eternity. Some of the questions that we ask, some of the questions people ask me, I said that, no, I don't know. Only God knows. You know, your, your questions sometimes only, some of the questions only would be answered in the eternity. But when you encounter with God, when we encounter with Jesus, I'm not saying you won't have a question, but you will change your question. Your question won't be like, you know, why God... Why, why, why the bad things happens to a good people? Why the children have to suffer? Why this, uh, why this terrorist attacks happen? Why 9/11 happened? Why COVID-19? Why my my beloveds have to die and they have they are, they, they are lost? No, we may have so many questions, but the real encounter with the Lord Jesus will produce these two vital questions in your life. Like Apostle Paul said, who are you, Lord? I want to know more about you. Not by listening to the sermon, but by hearing your voice. And what you want me to do. Hallelujah. What you want me to do. You know, first, you have to be in a right place. It's not that I got a right church. No. I'm not talking about the place geographically. It's not the place I'm talking about. It's not the ministry or the denomination or the organization or some uh, that, 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 that minister I am with, associating with. No. The right place is not the place. The right place is in your heart. Setting your heart right with God. Hallelujah. Do you know, soon after, when, when Apostle Paul, when he encountered Jesus, he was blind and his eyes was open. He couldn't see anything. And do you know, soon after what he did? What he did? He was fasting and praying. He was fasting and praying. That is the right place in our spirit, in our heart. Amen. When you fast and when you pray, you are right with God. You are in the right place. 
when you seek God and when you have that desire, that zeal to know God more, to more intimately, coming closer to Him, I want to know more about you, Lord. I want you to reveal yourself to me. I want you to talk and speak to me, Lord. And when you fast and when you pray, that's the right place you are. Amen. You know, most of us want to be in the right place and meet the right person if you're not married. But you know that, you know, to meet the right person, number one, you have to be in the right place. Because the right person will not hang over in the wrong place. We'll always find right person in a right place. Hallelujah. Now many girls, like, you know, many girls, they want to find Boaz. They want to find Boaz. But you know that to find Boaz, you have to be in the field. Because Boaz had a field. You have to be in the field. And many, you know, many boys, young boys, they want to, they want to find uh, Rebecca. But to find Rebecca, again, you have to be in the field. You have to be in the right place. Isaac was in the right place. He was, he was in the field and he was entrusted some work and he was faithful to that job. He was in the right place. Doesn't mean that you know you are in the right place, you will get the right person. No. Sometimes, maybe, you are in the right place, but again you can find the wrong person. Even being after in the right place. Judas was in the right place. Was with Jesus. But he found a right, wrong person. He found a wrong person. Hallelujah. When you are in the right place, God will send the right person to you. Now for Apostle Paul who was the right person, Ananias was the right person. Amen. He was the right person. Now how you can discern the right person? You know, as I said, you know, don't ever think that you're in a right church or a right ministry or you're in a right place. You will always find the right person. No. You have to discern. Even though when you are in a right place, you have to discern that who is that right person that God has sent. Now, how you will discern? Ananias. Ananias was a right person for him. Why? Because Ananias was a man of God. He was a man of prayer. He was a man who came to Paul. He laid hands on him. Hallelujah. He came to Paul with, a, with, a, with, with words of encouragement. He didn't, he didn't come to Paul with all that negative news. With negative words. He didn't come to Paul digging on his past. He didn't come to Paul saying that, you know, Paul, you are such a dangerous man. I was so afraid meeting you. I was not willing to come to anywhere closer to you because you are anti-Christians. You have killed so many families. You have destroyed so many families. You have killed so many people. You have burned so many churches. He never spoke any negative. Amen. A right person for you will always come not with your past, but you will have a revelation for your future. 
He will come with the words of your encouragement. It doesn't matter your past, how, how wicked and how worst life that we have lived. It doesn't matter. The right person for you, number one, he will be a man of prayer, a man of fasting. And he would come to you with a, with, with, with a good news, with some encouraging news, with some things like, you know, he could pray for you. Hallelujah. He could pray for you. And Ananias pray, prayed for Apostle Paul. And through Ananias, God has revealed his plan to Apostle that what his, what in what way God is going to use him. If you read verse number 15, but the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is through Ananias that God has revealed the plan that what kind of ministry Apostle Paul is going to have. Now what kind of ministry is going to have? His ministry is not the, what is so called the goody ministries that is called uh, health and wealth, prosperity, gospel ministry. His ministry was not like, you know, tickling the ears and, 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 and just pleasing people what they want to hear. No, his ministry was the ministry of suffering. He has to suffer for the name of the Lord. How I show him, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. How many things he must suffer. Hallelujah. That was the, that was the, the, the ministry. That's how God has revealed to Apostle Paul through Ananias that what kind of ministry is going to have. And then, you know, these things will happen. Ananias said, these things will happen. When? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. You know, Jesus, before he could send his disciples, he said that, don't go. In Luke chapter 28, verse 49, it says that unless, uh, uh, unless you receive the power from heaven, Unless you have been clothed with the power of God, do not go out of Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 1 verses 8 said that unless you receive the power from above, do not go out of Jerusalem. And when you receive the power, go and preach. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, that 120, when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came on them in the upper room, in that small room, you know, that small room couldn't consist them anymore. That 120, when they received the Holy Spirit, they went out and they preached the gospel and 3,000 were being saved. Hallelujah. You know, and I said that Holy Spirit will come on you. 
and he will make this plan to purpose and purpose to fulfill in your life the holy spirit will come on you hallelujah and the last thing what he said he say, he, he he didn't say he just didn't say the words but he lay hand on him and he prayed for him verse number 18 when he prayed for him and he spoke about the holy spirit we prayed for him what happened immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized hallelujah when he prayed for him something like scales have fallen from his eyes something fell down from his eyes hallelujah that's what we need today our eyes if there are scales in our eyes if our eyes are been blindfolded or eyes are been blinded we need to pray that the holy spirit come and touch us and fill us so that those scales on our eyes that we couldn't see we can't see jesus could fell down hallelujah could fell down amen could fell down so that we could see jesus face to face we could listen from him we could hear from him and we could see him hallelujah we need people like ananias who come to us pray for us not the great uh, theological teachers who come with these great doctrines and teachings we need simple people like ananias ordinary people like ananias those are the right people for you a right person for your life for your ministry for your family who are not teaching you like you know the on the doctrinal basis but they are coming and just standing with you they are coming in the times when you need them they are coming in the times when your eyes are been blindfolded they are just coming and praying for you they are coming with 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 some with, with just coming and baptizing you hallelujah amen he is the right person and through that right person you will come to know the ministry that god has placed for you the ministry that god has for you and me i walked with my pastor i spent time with him i didn't i didn't come to know my ministry all of a sudden it took time for me to know the ministry that what i am today what i'm doing today it took ages but i thank god that i was in the right place and i was been sent the right person to me so that god could reveal a plan and his purpose hallelujah amen amen and today in this morning i would encourage you i would encourage you that let's pray for the holy spirit let's pray for the holy spirit that holy spirit may come and fill us in this morning the spirit of god may come and fill us in this morning so that if our eyes eyes are been blinded the scales in our eyes could fall to the ground and we may see the things what god wants us to see we may receive the things that god wants us to have we may go to the places where god wants us to go and we may be the people what god god wants us to be let's pray and ask god for the infilling of the holy spirit 
Let's pray and ask God that God touch us, Lord God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's see God like 120. They had faith. They had faith that, you know, they will receive something from heaven from above. They were looking above. They were looking, they were looking from the hand of Jesus, of God. You know, Bible says every good gift comes from above. And maybe today in this morning, the good gift, what, 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 what God has kept for us, what we need is the Holy Spirit from God. The power of the Holy Spirit, the touch of the Holy Spirit, so that when we are being filled with the Holy Spirit, God could speak to us and God, we may understand and we may know the ways of God. Hallelujah. Are you ready in this morning? Are you ready? Are you willing to receive from God? Are you willing to know from God what God has for you and me? In this year, I would say that God is sending many people to the new place, to the right place. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? God is sending you to the right place to find the right person. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there is a plan of God stored for you. There is a plan and there is a purpose there is, a, there is a purpose that God has called you. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.